This is episode 40 of the Strength Running Podcast with the eighth fastest woman to ever run the 3,000 meter steeplechase, Ms. Courtney Freericks. A few months ago, I watched what I think was one of the most electrifying races in track history. It was the women's 3,000-meter steeplechase final at the World Championships. Now, before this race, no American woman had ever won a medal in the steeple at the World Championships, and Emma Coburn and Courtney Freerichs changed that with an historic 1-2 finish. This was also, I might add, the first time any Americans had taken home gold and silver at the World Championships or the Olympics in a race longer than 400 meters since the 1912 Olympics. They both broke a 105-year drought, not to mention the standing American record. NBC Sports called the race shocking. Sports Illustrated called Courtney's effort certainly one of the biggest surprises of the world championships. ESPN said that this was one of the greatest races in running history. Let me paraphrase ESPN, because their description is just incredible. Emma Coburn, who placed first, ran 902.58. It was the fastest she had ever run and the fastest time ever run in the world championships, which is like scoring your career high and setting the record for most points ever in game seven of the NBA finals. And Emma didn't even run the most remarkable time. Before this race, Courtney's fastest steeple time was 919. She beat that time by an enormous 15 seconds to win silver in 903. That's like scoring a hat trick in a World Cup soccer game after totaling only three goals all season. As you can see, ESPN was impressed. And today I have Courtney Freericks on the podcast to talk about her training for the steeplechase, her background as a gymnast, and what it felt like to run one of the most surprising and thrilling races in track and field history. Please welcome to the show, Ms. Courtney Freericks. Hey, Courtney, how are you? Good. How are you? Very good. Thanks so much for being here. We're going to talk about a lot of different things, and uh, all of them are going to be about gymnastics. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, though I, I would actually like to talk about that because I, I think your story is really interesting in that you don't have the typical pro runner background. You know, you didn't run, um, you know, all three seasons and all four years in high school, and uh, you know that kind of means you're a little bit late to the sport than mm -hmm. a lot of other world-class runners. And, uh, I, you know, I'd love to hear in your view, um, how your background as a gymnast has, you know, helped you with running or, or if it hasn't, uh, and, and really specifically with the steeple, cause that's such a demanding event. Definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah, gymnastics was my first love when it came to just sports in general. And, um, you know, that was where I think my Olympic dream even just started was with gymnastics. Because that's what, you know, like track and field, everyone associates um, with that particular sport. And when it, the popularity seems to increase. And so I developed this idea of trying to make the Olympics from a really young age in gymnastics. And, um, you know, it's a pretty, it's a very demanding sport. And, um, you know, one thing my parents were really high on growing up was, not putting your, all your eggs in one basket. So I did lots of other sports as well, but that was one I always seemed to come back to or stay consistently in. And 
I think it allowed me to become an overall really strong athlete going into my um, college years just from the amount of muscle development I had and the ability to handle landings and stuff in the steeple because of, um, you know, the correlation with one-footed landings and gymnastics and then just the idea of running at stationary objects. Um, it, it correlated well with the steeple. Just I'd been doing that for so long, so the idea of running at the barrier just didn't really phase me whenever I kind of transitioned in the steeple. And I think, the too, um, you know, in gymnastics, you are seeking perfection, but there's always going to be small errors that maybe the audience or the judge doesn't see, but you see, and it's important to to react well to that, um, you know, kind of, I guess, cover up the mistake or react in the right way. And that's really important in the steeple. You're going to hit barriers. Someone's going to fall, things like that. And it's all about kind of keeping your head on straight and um, not letting it get you all um, flustered. Yeah, I'm one of the few runners that has run a couple steeplechases mm-hmm. back in the day. And it is a much more mentally stressful race, in my opinion, than some other races that don't have, uh, you know, three foot high barriers and water jumps in them that you really have to pay attention to. You know, you can't zone out. You can't just get into a nice little rhythm and just click off your laps at the pace that you want to run. You need to be much more dynamic and really uh, look at what's coming, coming at you, uh, on the track and what your competitors are doing. So it's, it's a much more dynamic type of event, I think, than say, you know, the 1500 or the 5,000. Um, so at what point were you, did you say to yourself, um, I'm going to give up gymnastics for running? Um, that really wasn't until my senior year of high school. So, um, probably until sophomore year or so, um, I was really all in with trying to, um, trying to do college gymnastics at that point. Um, you know, several years before that, I kind of realized I wasn't on the path to doing, um, you know, Olympic level gymnastics, but I really aspired to be a collegiate gymnast. And my sophomore year, I ended up, I had grown a lot and I ended up with two stress fractures in my lower left leg. And, um, I was kind of realizing that, you know, maybe I didn't really have the body type for gymnastics anymore. And, so I really started transitioning into a lot more soccer and still doing gymnastics because I just absolutely love the sport and didn't want to give it up. And then my senior year of high school um, was when I first went out for the cross-country team. So I felt like that would be a good way to really stay in shape to have a really good soccer season that year. And um, that was when I kind of discovered, finally fell in love with running. I'd always done a little bit of track um, growing up and I think, you know, in the PE miles and stuff like that. I always knew there was some, I had, you know, a pretty, I had some running ability, but I just hadn't fallen in love with the sport. And so senior year was really whenever I realized I needed to retire from gymnastics because I thought I really had a future in the sport of running. And it was cross country that kind of made you fall in love with the sport? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. What what is it about cross country? Because I felt the same way too. I you know, I was the kid who avoided all of the running events during track and field week in middle Mm -hmm. school, like the plague. You know, I was like the 110 pound (laughs) kid throwing the shot put just so that I didn't have to do any running. And then I went out to the cross country team. I was told that it was like track. So I said to myself, oh, great, I can go high jump. 
Well, <laughs> I think we all know that there was, there's, there's no field events. It was all running, but yeah, something yeah. about cross country just, I don't know, maybe it was the, the much more of a team sport, but something about it just made me absolutely fall in love with running. Yeah, I felt like this. I felt exactly the same in junior high. I did do track and field, but I actually I would run the eight hundred or the four by four, one of the two for the team. But I was a triple jumper, a long jumper, and a pole vaulter um, because I just didn't like the individual running events. I felt like there was a lot of pressure, and I think at the time I just didn't really didn't like running in circles, and so I went out for the cross country team and that team element was huge. It just, you felt like you were running for something greater than yourself. And so that was in track. The one thing I did really love was the relays. And so, you know, it kind of felt like this big relay, but we were all running together. And I think I liked the, you know, kind of, I guess you could say unpredictability of a cross country race. Um, you know, the, the terrain is different and, um, the course is always changing and things like that and the longer distance, you know, in high school, um, it only goes up to two mile. And I in particular didn't go past the 800 in high school, which we realized very quickly that I was not really meant to be an 800 meter runner. So the longer distance definitely favored me, but yeah, really that team aspect was huge. And, um, in particular, my senior year, we were a really close knit team and we would have done anything for each other. And I think that was the, main reason we were even successful that year um you know I think we were a decently talented bunch very 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 undertrained. our coach was very new to the sport of cross country and just learning really how to to coach the sport and so um we maybe ran 10 miles a week um didn't run on the weekends very few workouts but we were a team and that was that was what he um emphasized was that we were a team and we ended up making the state meet that year for the first time ever in the large class. And so that was a big deal. So I think that's where I, I found my love for the sport. Yeah, I hear a lot of parallels actually with, uh, with you know, your thoughts on cross country and the team element to it with Alexi Pappas. I recently spoke with her mm-hmm. and she fell in love with the sport of running uh, because of cross country. And then she was actually kicked off the team her senior year because she didn't want to do track. She wanted to do other things. Um, oh. and that was okay with her because, yeah. uh, she wanted to pursue other things just like mm-hmm. you did. You know, you wanted to do soccer, you wanted to be a gymnast. Um, now Courtney, let's talk about the steeple. Um, you know, I mentioned I've done this the steeplechase a couple of times. It, it ha- kind of has a special place in, in my, in my heart, you know, such a, dynamic, crazy event. Was this always your, your primary event? Uh, or were you more of a a middle distance athlete before you started getting into the steeple? So when I went to college, I actually, um, I was really excited to run college cross country, but I wasn't super thrilled about running track again, because I just hadn't really enjoyed track other than triple jumping in high school. And, um, you know, I was really lucky that I had awesome coaches and they allowed me to run track or play soccer and run track at the same time, which was a unique situation. Um, and so I really just didn't even run that much track. So I wasn't super yeah, thrilled to run track, but I really wanted to give it a fair shot because I had never really trained for it. But I really liked the idea of, because I like jumping so much and they kind of led me to believe they were going to let me keep jumping <laughs> at UMKC. Um, I kind of liked the idea of trying to be a decathlete or sorry, a heptathlete. <laughs> even though that was, would have been like 
the worst thing because there's no way I would have been able to throw the shot put. But I thought that looked really fun. <laughs> yeah, just something that was about 80 pounds. <laughs> yeah, um, just something that was different. You know, I knew I probably would. You know, they kind of were like, "Oh, you'll probably be really good at the 5K." Um, the coach that had recruited me to UMKC, I actually went to UMKC not knowing who the coach was or ended up being that way because the coach recruited me and then ended up leaving. Um, but, you know, at the same time, the 5K just seemed a little long for running in circles. And so I was really unsure what my true event and track would be. And I remember seeing an old teammate of mine running the steeple one time. And I was like, that looks like so much fun because the one thing I never tried was hurdles, but I had always wanted to, but I was so focused on field events that I just didn't really have time to do hurdles in junior high as well. And so we were, I remember exactly whenever it was, it got brought up that I was going to do the steeple and it was October of my freshman year. We were coming back from a race, from a cross country race and our GA was talking about hurdle drills or steeple drills. And I was like, oh, I think the steeple looks like it'd be really fun. And my coach, Coach Beller, turns to me. He's like, good, because that's what you're going to be running. And I was like, really? Like, I was really excited. It just, it looked different and exciting. And um, so, yeah, really right away, we started working on steeple drills um, December of my freshman year. And it, um, he was just so excited about um, the possibility of me running this event. And I was really excited, too. So just something new and different. And, um, it brought in a lot of elements of gymnastics, which, you know, I still really missed. And he got me excited about it because he kept bringing up how all these things from gymnastics were really going to help me, the flexibility, um, the lower leg strength and stuff like that. So, yeah, he had a good eye. He has a really good eye for steeplechasers, I think Coach Beller does. And then did you run your first steeple that following spring, so spring of your freshman year? I did. What was your um, first in- steeple like? <laughs> it was at the Emmy Relays um, in Columbia, and I remember it was me and one other girl. We were only two in the race, and it was a girl I actually had raced a lot in high school. Um, we were about lived about an hour apart, and she had a phenomenal cross-country season. I think just missed all region as a freshman, which is really good. And so I was so nervous. I you know, I really liked it in practice and everything, the event, but I was like, this girl is so good. And it's just the two of us. And, um, I ended up winning the race by about 45 seconds and, um, set the school record, got the meet record and nearly qualified for regionals in my very first one. And I remember finishing and being like, I love this event. It's so awesome. (laughs) Uh, I just knew that it was my event right away. I just, it was so much fun. Um, and, Actually, in right away, first lap, um, I hit the third barrier with my front foot. And that was one thing we had had to work on for years is me making sure I always flex my feet. Um, I always want to point them because, you know, in gymnastics, it's all about pointed toes, looking, having pretty feet, steeple, it doesn't matter. And so luckily I had really flexed my foot on that one. And so I like hit it, but it like went through and I didn't fall, but immediately had to, you know, regather myself because I had a water jump coming up. And so that was like a true test. I think right away, whether I was going to be able to handle the event or not, because I hit the barrier right before the water jump and had to make sure I was going to be able to react correctly and stay focused. 
<laughs> That's funny. In my in my first steeple, you know how when you start, you you skip the water jump the first time mm-hmm. around, and then the the next hurdle, you actually have maybe 150, maybe a little bit more meters until that first hurdle uh, mm-hmm. or barrier, I should say. And I totally forgot it was coming. I, I started oh, seeing no. a couple people in front of me jump. And I'm like, what's going on? And then I had to like mentally just check myself and say, you are running a steeplechase. You must pay more attention. <laughs> and I almost went straight into that thing. But I recovered just just like you did. And thank God I did. Because those barriers, they don't move. They're not like a normal no. hurdle. <laughs> not uh, at all. Now, the thing about the steeple is that, you know, with the jumping, the landing, uh, it's a much more challenging event than, say, 3,000 meters with no barriers. Uh, so I imagine mm-hmm. some strength training plays a big role in your training for the steeple. Can you talk about that and uh, maybe how it's evolved over time? Uh, you know, what you do either in the weight room or, you know, if you don't go to the gym, if you do more body weight stuff, you know, I'm just really curious as to what your strength training looks like. Yeah. Um, one thing, you know, whenever I actually got into college in particular is I had a lot, I had a lot of muscle that was very unnecessary for running, particularly a lot of arm muscle. So my college coach was pretty insistent in keeping me out of the weight room. Um, but we did a lot of core circuits and things like that. And he wrote kind of my own program and, um, I've never been big on weightlifting personally, just, um, it doesn't really fit, I guess, my style. But lots of body weight work, um, core circuits, things like that. And especially since I've transitioned to um, the professional world and switch groups and with Pascal, who was a steeplechaser as well, you know, very successful. Um, he's very similar mindset as far as the strength training goes. And it's very geared towards specific movements related to running or steeple or things like that, you know. We'll do a lunge and then, you know, a box step with a hop because it's, you know, going to be that kind of pushing motion off the barrier. And then the landing, you know, you're still wanting to have good or, you know, land properly because that's how you're going to land in the water pit. And or, you know, a box jump with a jump at the end and really working on that um, that second jump just to kind of work on our explosiveness. Um, We'll do squats every once in a while, particularly like flamingo squats to kind of like you know, end with that one leg sort of motion or um, movement. And I think that's pretty important. But Now, Courtney, I'm not familiar with a flamingo squat. How, how is that done? Um, it's a normal like squat with just, I'm usually just using the bar, maybe with two five pound weights. Again, I'm not super comfortable with weightlifting. So it's a normal squat. And then as you come up, you come up on one leg and you kind of drive that knee up, the other knee up. So it's kind of forcing you to activate that glute and just have a really strong, um, that make sure that leg is really strong. That's still on the ground. And I think that that's really important in correlate or really correlates well with the steeple because you're having to take that landing on that one foot while you're bringing that other knee around and to hold that, you know, that one leg has to stay really strong. I like how your strength training is, is really specific to the unique needs of the steeple. Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, the steeple is a race where there's jumping and landing 
hurtling and and even landing on the barrier when you're doing the water jump, uh, assuming that you don't hurdle the water barrier. Mm-hmm. Do, do you do that, Courtney? No, I don't hurdle the water barrier. Yeah, I, I tried it once and it was a disaster. That was just an practice, but <laughs> I've I never got the courage <laughs> to completely hurdle that thing. I think I would just go straight into the deep end of the water pit. Um, one thing that, I, that I'm curious about is, you know, I have to admit, I've watched the world championship steeple that you ran a couple months ago, or, or maybe just a month ago, probably five or six times. Mm-hmm. It is such a thrilling race. And, you know, there, I think there was an article in sports illustrated, like this was one of the greatest track races of all time. Um, you know, and, and then one of the things that I love about it is how you look when you finish. And there's the, been this picture that has been going, it's on flow track, it's everywhere of you just, it's this face of joy and, and maybe a little bit of surprise. Can you talk about what it viscerally felt like to cross the finish line in second place at the world championships? Um, it was absolutely surreal. It was major shock combined with like just the happiest emotions ever just um you know I've told a lot of people this year has been really hard um and I think that's the reality of any year post-college in a job in anything because it's just a lot it's a lot different when it becomes your career and there's been a lot of changes but it's been a lot of fun as well um and you know I'm really lucky to have really great coaches and teammates and support staff my family my husband and a lot of people are just I have a lot of really awesome people in my life that have really helped me to learn this year and so to have just put so much work in throughout the year have it pay off with with that moment um was just the most incredible feeling ever um definitely a little bit of shock too because I knew I was fit and you know I'd come up with this idea the the night before and I told I told my husband Griffin I was like I don't know where are those thoughts coming from? But I feel like I can run the American record tomorrow. And he had told me that I needed to believe that that was true and I needed to go for that. And, you know, my coaches had just pushed the idea of, of putting myself in it and going with Emma and believing that I could be up there in the, in the mix. Um, you know, they never put in this idea of getting a medal, really. They just told me to give myself the chance and you never know what will happen at the end as Jerry says, you might, as Jerry said, I might sniff something special if I just gave myself that chance at the beginning. Um, and so it was just an amazing moment to, to have all those things kind of come together and really go as almost as well as it possibly could have. Yeah. Picture speaks a thousand words. And, (laughs) uh, I, I just encourage anyone listening to just Google the race and you'll inevitably come up with this picture, which is just an incredible, my, uh, incredible. I didn't even know my mouth could like open up that wide. It's <laughs> <laughs> just like, Oh my gosh. Well, you were, you were happy. That was a big smile. Yeah. Now there's one thing that you did mention that I want to talk a little bit more about. And that's just the idea of support. You know, you talked about your family, your coach, your teammates. Um, how, you know, just how much does a team help you at the level that you're at right now? Is it is it just having, you know, a partner to run workouts with or, you know, does it go deeper than that? It definitely goes a lot deeper than that. And that was like probably 
one of the most, not probably, it was one of the most important things I was looking for in a post-collator training group was how do they operate? Are they just, do they just happen to train together or do they, are they really invested in each other's careers? Because that was something at the University of New Mexico that was, that was the reason, yes, we were a very talented team. Um, And, you know, on paper, everyone said on paper, these girls would win, no doubt, but how are they going to mesh? And we were as successful as we were because we really cared about each other's success and we worked together as a team. We pack, we would pack run and things like that. So that was because that year was so amazing and so much fun. I just enjoyed every day of training because of those girls. I was like, I want, I want to try to find that in a professional group. And you know, it's not, always easy to find that because whenever you become a professional runner it really is your career you know at the end of the day there isn't a team trophy or a team result or you're not going to win nationals as a team but as soon as I visited Bowerman I was like oh my gosh like these girls really and guys too they really care about everybody and are invested and you know they truly know that we we truly know we are better together um and the, the dynamic of Bowerman is just really cool. I think it's the closest thing to a college team you're going to find. Um, and especially on our women's team, just the mix of athletes is really neat. You know, you have Shalane and Amy who have been professional runners for over 10 years and just have this wealth of knowledge and experience and they're not afraid to share it with us and help us. And, you know, and then you have us young ones who are new and learning so much and, um, and even just like the, the differences in, um, strengths, you know, you have Shelby who can split like a 54 second 400 and then you have, you know, Shalane and yeah, Shalane and Amy running hundred over a hundred miles a week. And so everyone has a different strength and they're not afraid to use their strength to, to help other people, you know, uh, me and Colleen in particular, since we are, um, in the same event and everything. Um, she's fast, really fast, way, way, way speedier than I am. So on those speed days or, you know, at the end of the workouts when we're doing quick stuff, she's really quick to be like, Courtney, follow me. Like you can do this. Just look at my back on those strength days. You know, I'm going to be the one that can step up and be like, okay, let's get through this tempo. So I'm, that's, you know, more my strength. And, um, I, I definitely feel like we're not just training partners. We truly are teammates and we truly care about each other and care about each other's success. And I think it's those almost intangibles that really make <clears throat> a good team and they help each individual on the team come forward and, and really allow all of their strengths to shine. And And I just mm-hmm. love that you guys are, you know, sharing knowledge back and forth and, you know, just the ability to tell you know, running stories and share pieces of advice in an area with only runners. I, I think that's a, a special opportunity. And, uh, you know, I, I wish that every adult runner <clears throat> has that opportunity just to be among other runners to mm-hmm. trade their war stories and, and um, you know, just talk about running. Because I, I know yeah. I talk about running in my family and their faces go blank, you know. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so. All right, Courtney. Um, 
one of the cool things about these interviews that I do is that I actually solicit questions from the team strength running community. And so I have a couple random questions for you. Okay. They are totally out of left field, but okay. um, I think they're kind of fun. So when you were at the Olympics, what was maybe the craziest pre-race or race fuel related food item that you might have saw? Um, I don't know that I really saw anything crazy, but I actually eat Fruit Loops the morning of every race, and people think that's kind of hilarious. So, <laughs> and that's that's yeah. And it's still, I ate Fruit Loops the morning of Worlds. So, I guess if you're looking for a <laughs> there you go, it was you a recommendation of breakfast food for for Worlds or for a race. Fruit Loops is a really good one. Well, Although I, was, I probably wouldn't recommend it for a marathon. That might not be enough fuel. <laughs> yeah, that's a good call. Uh, that's funny. I was once reprimanded by my coach for eating uh, Lucky Charms the morning before a race. But I, I raced <laughs> well. It seemed like it worked. Yeah, that's how I came up with Fruit Loops. I had a really good race early on in my college career. And I was like, yeah, I guess I'm just going to have Fruit Loops for every race. And, you know, race day, it's all about just eating things that don't bother your stomach and what you're comfortable with because you're not really going to. Again, unless you're running a marathon, nothing's going to really give you that much of, it's not going to really change much. So, Fruit Loops get me the right mindset. <laughs> All right. Now, what about, now, what's your favorite race distance besides the steeplechase? I really love the 5K. I And I feel like every time I run another five, I learn how to run it better. So, definitely the 5K. I, mean, I was really sad I didn't run one this this year. But there just weren't that many at the end of the year. And um, there was one kind of in the middle of the season, but Jerry was just kind of nervous to to put me in it, like so close to world. So we're really excited to, to have me run a 5K next year. I really think I could get close to that 15-minute barrier. So Wow, that's I'm exciting. Now, yeah. if, if the steeple was abolished tomorrow, would, uh-huh. would you consider yourself more of a distance runner, you know, maybe going into the 5K, maybe 10K, or are you maybe more of a mid-distance runner with the 1,500, maybe the 800? Absolutely distance, yeah. If the steeple was not a thing, I would definitely be like a 5K, 10K runner. Um, I'm really excited to hopefully try a 10K in the next few years as well, maybe. Um, you know, I ran the U.S. cross meet, and that was a 10K, and really enjoyed that distance. But obviously, it was a little bit, you know, not like a true fair shot at the 10K just because it was – and bend at 3,000 feet elevation on a snowy, muddy cross-country course. So definitely, definitely um, distance. The mid-distance stuff I struggle with a lot more. <laughs> Just speed is not not my strength. Yeah, I think uh, most cross-country and steeplechase athletes tend to go for the longer stuff as well. Mm-hmm. Now, Courtney, is your season over at this point? I, I went on your website uh, and... I just wanted to look at your upcoming race schedule and I didn't see anything on there through next year. So are, are you retired? What's going on? <laughs> I'm um, done for this season. So I'm on my break. Um, <laughs> in college, we always refer to it as hashtag two weeks off. But um, <laughs> yeah, I'm just on a little bit of a break. I finished the season with the fifth half mile, which was a lot of fun, a little bit out of my comfort or not a little bit, a lot out of my comfort zone. Just so those girls are so fast. Like I was going up (laughs) against some real milers, like phenomenal milers. And wow, it was, but it was a lot of fun to be a part of that and, you know, go through 
461 seconds. I basically PR'd at every single 400 mark, um, like at wow. 400, 800, 1200 a mile. So that was fun. Um, but yeah, my season's done. Um, that was the perfect end. And, um, you know, I was at a point that mentally I was still really just ready to keep going. Like I think worlds was so much fun and just, I really felt like I'd finally kind of in the lead up to worlds started to get a handle on training and just really started to understand the program and everything. Just cause you know, anytime you, I felt like I was a freshman all over again this year, kind of, which was fun and, but really hard. And so I, mentally I was just so ready to keep going, but physically you can always tell when it's time to take a break. And that was definitely, I was at that point. I was like, you know, it's time to time to shut things down and take some time off. What do you think you're going to be up to next year? Um, well, since it's a non-championship year, um, you know, we don't have that to look forward to, but there's a lot of opportunities, I think, to try and run fast. So we'll still take USAs very seriously. And, um, you know, obviously I would like to contend for U.S. titles. Um, you know, Emma's won the last six and I absolutely love Emma and I, she's a huge role model of mine. I think she's fantastic, but, um, you know, I dream of, you know, being U.S. champion one day as well. So that'll be really fun to, you know, contend for those titles. And then, um, you know, being one second off the American, or, you know, her setting the American record and me being one second behind. Um, I'd like to take a shot at the American record next year and as well as, you know, see if someone can crack the nine-minute barrier. I think we're, we're closing down on it and I don't see any reason why it can't be one of us right now. Um, and like I said, I, you know, I'll obviously love for it to be myself and I'll be just ecstatic for if anybody does it. Cause it's such a, it's such an amazing accomplishment and it'll just, I don't know, just show that it can be done. And I think just continue to encourage, um, people to keep dreaming. I mean, seeing Emma and Evan both get steeplechase medals last year was just huge just to be like, wow, they did it. Like it's possible. And so, you know, it allowed me to, to dream, you know, too, that maybe one day that could happen. So they're, they've been so good for not just distance running, but the steeplechase in, in general, or, you know, overall, just their attitude of we're going for it and nothing's stopping us. So I'm excited to try and be a part of that culture and, you know, hopefully step up and build off what happened in London. Yeah, there's been this huge resurgence in American distance running over the last maybe decade or so. And it's just so exciting to watch as a fan. So, you know, best of luck next year. Uh, you know, I really hope that you're able to to flirt with that nine minute barrier in the steeple. Yeah. You you PR'd by a huge amount at Worlds this year. How much time did you chop off your personal best during that one race? Uh like fifteen and a half seconds. That's insane. So, <laughs> I know. It was crazy. it was funny because um, every year since my sophomore year, I've improved by 12 seconds, like over the year and going into this year, I ran nine or after I, after Doha, that was a disaster. I ended up with food poisoning in Doha and that race did not go so well, but at pre, I, I PR'd by a second and Jerry was like, Oh, we're off to a really good start. And he was like, but he was like, don't expect 11 more seconds. Like, it's just not realistic. And I was like, I know, like, I know the 12 seconds is over. Like, you know, I'm not going to PR by 12 seconds every year or improve by 12 seconds. And then afterwards he was like, he was just, it was so funny. He was so excited, but also just like giving me this look, like, oh, like, like how have you done this? You know? And, um, 
I was like, well, you told me I wasn't going to improve by 12 seconds. So I just decided I needed to improve by 16 this year instead. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's incredible. Courtney, you're a really exciting athlete to watch race. Uh, I wish you the best of luck next year. Thanks so much for taking some time out to so uh, much. chat with me and the strength running community here. Uh, we very much appreciate your time. Yeah, thank you so much for having me on this. It was a lot of fun. And there is my conversation with Courtney. Now, this was actually just an excerpt. Our full chat with even more running geekery is available only to Team Strength Running members. Learn more about the team and how we can help you achieve your biggest goals at strengthrunning.com TSR. Finally, I'm asking for your help. Who would you like me to get on the podcast? Let me know on Twitter. My handle is JasonFitz1, or please leave a review of the podcast on iTunes with your suggestion. Thanks so much for listening. Best of luck with your training and run strong, everyone.